Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. Yes, we do, Nat. And this week we are talking skincare 101, how to have healthy and happy skin with dermatologist Dr. Tiffany Libby. Love a doctor. We love a doctor. We love an expert. Yep. I'm very excited to have her on. And we're going to be talking to Dr. Libby about how our skincare needs change over time, how to fight adult acne, which is a thing, mm-hmm. and how a dermatologist can help you reach your skincare goals. And if and when we should start treatments like Botox and fillers. Yeah. Hot topic. Hot topic for our age. We'll find I feel out. Like. Yeah, yeah. But not first, we have some housekeeping. Yes. Okay. So the past few episodes, I think, I don't know which one it was. A couple episodes ago, we, we read some of the absolutely fabby reviews. reviews. We love reading reviews. And we would love to read some more on the air and, you know, give a little shout out to you guys. So, you know, at the end of this epi, maybe do a little rate, review, maybe a real fun tagline. We love it. We love when you guys talk to us at all. I'm sorry, I have a yeah. cookie in my mouth. I, I don't know why yeah. I just did that. Ugh, it looks, I'm, I've been refraining because it's like, we have- Because um, you're talking on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but they look, I really want to take a bite of it. I've been craving cookies for like days. Really? Oh my God, you manifested yes. this cookie. I guess I did. I texted my sister yesterday and I was like, I've been wanting a cookie so fucking bad. Oh, no, that was last night. Actually, it was at two in the morning. Here it is. So ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. <laughs> okay, now let's get into the wine. So I can have uh, a cookie and wine. Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> okay. This is the Bastide Miraflores. Bastide Miraflores. It's French. It's a product of France. Okay. It's a Syrah and Grenache. So I guess it's a red blend of Syrah and Grenache. Okay. So if this is in French, what does that say? I don't know. I don't know. Or how's the pronunciation, I mean? Bastide Miraflor. I don't know. Miraflor. Miraflor. We don't know. But it's a 2018 and it'll be linked in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Let's figure it out. Okay, let's take a little sippy. Take a little sippy. I'm not going to lie. With this cookie, it's kind of bussing. But we'll rate it at the end of the episode. We'll rate it at the end. (laughs) I don't remember who our hottie is, but I'm excited to find out. (laughs) To find out. I forget. We'll find out with you guys. Yeah. So let's get into this episode and why we chose this topic. Now, we love skincare, but with social media, it seems like everyone thinks they're an expert. Everyone's Mm -hmm. giving their hot takes, their hot tips. Mm -hmm. And in a sea of ads for different skincare brands, sometimes it feels like we need like 400 different products to achieve glowing, healthy skin, which I really don't think is the case. I don't think it's the case. I don't think we need this much stuff. I don't think we do either. You know why? Because I, I feel like a lot of dudes have great skin and they don't do jack shit. Joe has incredible skin and he does nothing. This man is using body wash on, on his, his face. face. So we need to bring in Dr. Libby, yeah. who is a serious expert to school us in the skincare do's and don'ts and to teach us how to properly build out a skincare routine for healthy skin, yeah. especially with summer coming up because, yeah. you know, we're out here in the sun That's and we need to be protected. Right. And it's not based on a, a tick talk yeah exactly yeah. yeah you're not like okay this is my 24 step korean k-beauty skincare routine 
It's like, we might not need that. But I want to just give her a, a little background here. So Dr. Tiffany J. Libby, she's a board certified dermatologist and dual fellowship trained Mohs surgeon and cosmetic surgeon. Wow. I know. She's the director of Mohs micrographic and dermatologic surgery and an assistant professor of dermatology at the Brown University Warren Alpert School of Medicine. What can't she do? What can't she do? <laughs> Also, Mohs surgery, if you're listening and you're like, what is that? It's when they like take the skin cancer off of your body Mm -hmm. and it's a whole process. Dr. Libby graduated from an accelerated seven-year program on a merit-based scholarship from Rutgers University in New Jersey, where she was inducted into the Alpha Omega Alpha Honor Society. When we said we had an expert, we meant we had an expert. (laughs) She completed her internship in internal medicine at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. She specializes in skin cancer surgeries, facial reconstruction for the treatment of basal cell and squamous cell carcinoma, and she's performed over 4,000 most surgeries and reconstructions. Wow. That's a lot I'm of I'm impressed by cancer. her, and I'm, I'm impressed you could read all those words. Oh, I'm wow. going to tell you who couldn't meet. <laughs> Well, you know what else? In her downtime, she enjoys spending time with her husband, three young kids exploring their new home in Rhode Island, and just get this, she's an accomplished violinist and plays tennis. Again, to go back to what I said, what can't this woman do? What can't she do? What can't she do? Let's bring on Dr. Libby. Hello, Dr. Libby. Hey, Dr. Libby. Hi, Corinne. How are you guys? We are great. We're so excited to have you on. I actually, it's a funny story. I found you through a friend of mine who is studying dermatology at Cornell right now. And we wanted to find a dermatologist. And I said, well, who are you obsessed with right now? And she immediately sent me your profile. And she was (laughs) like, her, like, please, I'm obsessed with her. And I was telling Natalie when we were writing these questions, I was like, dermatology is actually like one of the most competitive fields or I guess specialties to get, right? Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations to your friend because dermatology, as you mentioned, is super competitive and I'm involved in the residency application process. So I see all the incoming applications every year and each and every year the applicants are I don't even know how, but they're more and more outstanding. And I'm just happy I got in when I did. I always say that. I'm like, good thing I'm not applying now. I'm like, I wouldn't even stand a chance. Oh my <laughs> so congratulations to your friend who's in, in, at Cornell. It's an amazing program and what an honor. I started this Instagram for fun and it's kind of fun to see how it's, how it's grown. So yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I, I was curious about your experience. You went to Rutgers for, was it undergrad or for grad? So I did this, I'm from New Jersey. I did this seven-year med program. So there aren't that many of them now. I think there used to be more. Um, There are some seven and eight-year programs. So the way that works is you apply to med school from high school. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So you apply to med school from high school and you have to meet certain criteria to apply. So it's quite competitive. And the benefit is to both the student and to the state, because what they do is they, they their goal is to keep smart and bright students in the state. And what's great for the student is they pay for your, so it's three years of college instead of four, and they pay for your college, which is huge, and you get in-state tuition for med school. I mean, you know, those are just so expensive. Wow. Yeah. 
So you've been you you knew you wanted to do this since you were 17, 18 years old. I did. You know, I my dad's a doctor. I feel like a lot of people who know that they want to be in the medical field probably had some sort of influence when they were younger from a family member or someone they looked up to because otherwise it's hard and you may not realize your passion till later. You know, yeah. there's many different routes. I've seen a lot of people come into dermatology from many different, many, many different avenues. But I think for me, my, my dad was a doctor in a small town and he always came home. So just very fulfilled. And it was really sweet. Some of his patients would drop off homegrown tomatoes, you know, like they knew oh, where we lived. Yeah. It was just very nice. Kind of that small town vibe. I mean, I think the private, the solo practitioner office, that's not as common nowadays. You see a lot of these group practices and, right. you know, it's harder that um, more, I would say old school physician profile, but it was really inspiring. And I, I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare and I was always gravitated towards science and I just love patient care. So I think that's, that's what inspired me early. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're so happy to have a an expert, a doctor, a dermatologist, because as you probably know, the skincare, it's all over the place. It's on Instagram. There's a lot going on. We don't know what to believe, what not to believe. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners who like don't really have, or maybe they don't really know what their routine should be, what would you say are like the staples? That is a really good question. And you know what? I feel like because I live in the skincare bubble, I think that everyone knows you know, I had some sort of understanding of like, oh, like different or is well-versed in all these different products. And many people don't even have a solid skincare routine or one that they're using consistently. So I think that's a really good question and definitely a good place to start for many people. So I would say the basics of any skincare routine, you want to cleanse your skin, you want to protect your skin, you want to moisturize. So, you know, sometimes I find patients aren't even doing that. You know, they'll say, oh, I never use a cleanser. I'm like, well, then what do you use to wash your skin? <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, let me just stop you there. Love them. But men, I, I found out my boyfriend was using uh, body wash on his face. <gasps> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I need a minute. Like, I don't know if we can. We, we have to. This is an inflection point in our relationship. Exactly. This is a red flag. <laughs> red flag. <laughs> I hear that so often, you know, and men will they'll just use the bar soap and there's just so much more. Although I will say men are starting to become more savvy with skincare. Yes, and I, I have be... taught my boyfriend well. There, that's not happening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then there comes the point where now my husband uses a lot of my expensive products and uses them all over. And I'm like, do you know how expensive that serum yeah. was? This is not a body lotion, you know, like please. <laughs> dime-sized <Yeah>. amount, please. <laughs> <laughs> like we need to conserve this. We can't use this all in one week, you know. <laughs> So I would say start there, get a good cleanser. Obviously for cleansers, it's really particular to what kind of skin type you have. So, you know, we can start with the different skin types like dry skin, normal, oily, combination, sensitive skin. So there's many different types out there. I would reserve foaming cleansers for people who are more oily prone. There are really hydrating cleansers if you have really dry or sensitive skin. So I think there's just a lot out there that we have now available and which is great, but also makes it really confusing for the for the consumer. Yeah. 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 And then also when you're talking about all this stuff, like I was watching a TikTok recently and they were talking about like the order in which to apply your product. Is that an important part of it too? Like once you have the products and you you have the things that you want to do, like the order in which you apply them, like that serums me. come before retinol. Like I'm always confused. <laughs> 
I get asked that a lot. I feel like your questions were really, really great. So my rule of thumb is applying thinnest to thickest. I feel like that's an easy thing to remember. And that's mostly because after cleansing your skin, you'll want to use your serums. And that's because serums normally have you know, I know one of your, um, we want to talk about what we're to splurge. Mm-hmm. So serums tend to, tend to contain more of your active ingredients. So that's what you want to apply on your skin first after cleansing. And then you would use a moisturizer. And if it's your morning routine, your sunscreen as your last step in your skincare routine. And that's your protection step. Okay. So on the skin, on the sunscreen front, there's so many myths right now around sunscreen can you kind of dispel some of those like you know there's all these things like oh it's it causes cancer to put sunscreen on more than it would to not like you know what i mean yeah people are really um i feel like there's there have been many controversies about sunscreen i think the clear statement is there's no scientific evidence that using sunscreen causes cancer but what we do know is that uv radiation from the sun is responsible for 80 to 90% of skin cancers. So, you know, we know that using sunscreen is important and I can go through some of those myths and some of those controversies that have been in the press lately. But if you're concerned about those, we have other options. So I always tell, I mean, while I say any sunscreen, whatever sunscreen you decide to use is your, you know, that's what I would recommend, you know, find one that you love to use, incorporate into your routine and, and use it daily. But if you're concerned about some of those, there are mineral options, and those have by and large been determined to be very safe for use across the board. So those, when I say mineral sunscreens, are going to be the ones you turn the bottle over, will say in the ingredients, titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. So you can look for those specifically if you have concerns. But dermatologists are huge proponents of using sunscreen to protect your skin against developing skin cancer. And the UV radiation is responsible for up to 90% of photoaging. So we know that UV rays will damage collagen, will cause those brown spots, not good for your skin. You can see over time the difference in your skin quality from the areas that are constantly exposed to the sun versus areas that are photoprotected. So like you might notice from the chest versus someone's a little lower down on, on the V-neck, you can really see the difference yeah. of the skin. And that's really shows you what UV rays can do to your skin over time. Yeah. Well, I actually, I wanted to run this by you because I saw it and I thought, oh my gosh, I, I have yeah, to read. She's this. been excited about this. This was an influencer that I saw on a story and I had to screenshot it. So it says, do you wear sunscreen in the summer? And she says, literally never. You don't burn from the sun. You burn because of the seed oils and preservatives and toxins in your bloodstream that are then baked in the sun and the fear of the sun. So can you, is there any truth? You guys should see Dr. Libby's face right now. Yeah. No, these are the types, that's what I'm saying. There's these types of things are on the internet. See, that's what's really scary. And that's why I think it's so great that you're having, you're doing this podcast and being selective of who you are sharing people's voices with. And, you know, I just think there's so much out there and I, I hear crazy things all day long, you know, from patients, you can look up you know, so many things on Google. We call it Dr. Google for a reason. They come in, oh, I was so scared. I didn't want to get the skin cancer surgery. I, I looked this up. You can find anything you want, you know, and the scary thing is when someone has a large platform and they'll share this misinformation, that's really troublesome because we know sunscreen helps to protect against <laughs> developing melanoma and other skin cancers. And it's just, 
every dermatologist is like the number one thing for everything is sunscreen. Like yeah, when we do yeah. any, any cosmetic procedures, what should I do to protect my skin? Sunscreen. And there's just so many benefits. And unfortunately, as a skin cancer surgeon, I see those patients who didn't have sunscreen options when they were younger and they grew up rubbing baby oil on their skin and mm -hmm. using iodine and all these crazy things to, to get that what they thought was a healthy tan. Yeah. And now I hear regrets all the time, you know, and I see younger and younger patients coming in with melanoma. And that's because of indoor tanning use. Even one use of indoor tanning bed will increase your risk of developing skin cancer, namely melanoma, which is wow. the deadliest form. So even just one, one use, I've definitely had patients say, I've only done it a handful of times. You still need to get your skin checked because I've definitely seen melanoma in 20, 30 year olds wow. and with no family history, but their only history was really using indoor tanning beds. Wow. That's crazy. I, and it was, it, I will say, I feel like it was bigger, like in the nineties, early 2000. Yeah. Like I remember being little and God bless my mom. Nothing happened to her, but God bless nothing does yeah. happen to her. But I remember sitting in the waiting room while she would go and, you know, get her tan. Like that was so glamorous. Yeah. It was just like part of her lifestyle in the nineties. And obviously she didn't do it anymore. But I want to talk to you more about that with summer coming up because, you know, we're going to be out in the sun more. We're going to be wearing less. We're going to be in, you know, bathing suits and stuff like that. What are some of the signs of skin cancer that we can look for? I know we should also just be coming in and getting skin checks, but what are some signs of skin cancer? So in terms of skin cancer, the top three are going to be your basal cell, basal cell cancer, squamous cell cancer, and melanoma. Basal cell and squamous cell are your most common forms. And those can really look like pimples even that mm -hmm. don't go away. I hear a lot of patients come in, oh, I thought it was a pimple, but it stuck around for you know X number of months and it just continued to grow. It started to bleed. You know, it can look like a large oil gland. So they're they're tricky, but things that you should be aware of is if they don't go away, mm -hmm. if they're irritating in any way or start to bleed when they're slightly manipulated. So those are little signs as well, or they get crusty or scabbed over. So that's what you may look for, for basal cell or squamous cell. And for melanoma, we use the ABCDEs of melanoma. So we talk about looking for any suspicious or new mole, changing moles, kind of doing a quick scan over your body. You know, obviously if you have family history, we want you to go in and get a full body skin check. But, you know, I think that it's prudent for a lot of patients will actually find they'll come in with concern about a particular spot. So I think a lot of patients or spouses or partners will find these lesions because a lot of times we're not looking at our back. Yeah. And the, you know, back is one of the most common places for men to develop melanoma legs for women. Oh, oh that's, that's good to know. Yeah. So in terms of the ABCDEs of melanoma are going to be a asymmetry. So, you know, look up, kind of split it in half. Do they look the same on both sides? B for border. Does it have an irregular border? C for color. Does it look different, you know, in terms of the darker, different than your normal moles mm -hmm. diameter? Is it bigger than say a um, pencil tip eraser? And then E evolution, that's probably the most important. Is it, has it been changing? Um, and then I think also just paying attention, kind of doing an inventory of your body. Like, you know, sometimes it's hard if you have a lot of moles, but getting a sense. Yeah, I'm somebody who has a lot of moles. I have them on my face. I've always, since I was younger, was aware, like I have to kind of monitor all of them and, and make sure they're all staying the same shape and size and color and things like that. Right. And I, I think there were studies done um, 
sort of surveying people, do you have any moles in the bottoms of your feet? And most people didn't know or they were inaccurate, you know, because people don't look down there. They don't look between their toes. A lot of times we hear these scary stories when we're doing skin exams, kind of um, pull apart the toes and you see "Mm, a suspicious mole there that happens to be melanoma. So definitely anywhere on the skin, you can develop melanoma. I I think, didn't Bob Marley have a melanoma on his foot or in, in his toes and he that's how he passed away really yeah acryl, yeah acral melanoma so i think one of the big misconceptions about skin cancer is that patients with the darker skin types you know are not susceptible to developing skin cancer mm-hmm. and while they may be less likely to develop it they um are definitely still at risk and studies have shown that when they do come in with the diagnosis they are they're often diagnosed at a much later stage. So they often require more aggressive treatment. And that's because there's just been a long delay from their time of you know, developing it to the time of diagnosis. So you've had a lot of patients, it sounds that they come in once they notice there's like a problem. When should somebody come in? Should it, should it be like as young as possible, yearly? Like how, how should you kind of manage yeah, that's a that's a tricky question because we we can't really we don't have the bandwidth really to to do skin checks on everyone, right? So it's like mm-hmm. how do how do we know when we should be going in for a skin check? I think really important is do you have any risk factors? You know, are you lighter skin type or had some, a lot of sun blistering sunburns as a kid or family history of melanoma? Anytime you have a mole or just something that you want to get checked out, you should go into the dermatologist. Another thing to point out, just as a side note, dermatologist are experts in over 3,000 conditions that um, not only involve the skin, but also the hair and nails. So I think a lot of people don't realize that we also will help with everything from hair loss. There's many different types of hair loss. So I think people don't even know who Mm. should I go to for this. It's dermatology. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Natalie and I have been to a dermatologist for our scalp psoriasis. (laughs) Yeah, she hooked us up with the same. Yeah, we were struggling, but hey, it worked. Yeah, yeah, there's so many things out there and a lot over the counter, which you can start with. But I think it's just so nice to raise awareness because a lot of people have psoriasis. And I think, you know, we talk about skin cancer a lot and sunscreen, but there's so many other conditions that dermatologists treat. And that's what makes it so fun. I think there's such a wide range of diseases and diagnoses to know. And it's a very procedural and like hands-on specialty. So most of what I do every day now is after this, someone's been they'll have a skin biopsy confirming that it's skin cancer. They'll come to me. I'll remove it, stitch them back together. I also do a lot of cosmetics. So it's, you know, really fun for me having to kind of play artist in a way. And yeah. And then work with the patient to kind of figure out a treatment plan for them that works for their timeline, their budget. And then we talk about, you know, skincare and everything. I mean, it's, I really enjoy my day job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want somebody that does, you know? Yeah. I know you were talking about all the different kind of conditions that you work with. And I I feel like one thing that maybe we don't talk about a lot is that like even as an adult, you can still get acne. And I we have friends that still struggle with adult acne. I do from time to time as well. And so if someone's listening right now and they're an adult and they're still struggling with their acne, what are some ways that they can combat it? And also I wanted to add, what are some things they might be doing that they think is helping it, but is actually making it worse? Yeah. Because I've, I've heard a lot about like, 
overwashing, underwashing. I, sometimes, you know, it, it helps. It doesn't Skin help. barrier. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of terminology. I mean, really great question. So absolutely, I definitely have many patients coming in to me um, at all ages saying that they have acne. Some that said, you know what, I didn't have it as a teenager, but now I have it in my 30s. Like, why? You know, why is this happening to me? And it's really common. And it's acne can be caused from many different things. You know, it can be caused, usually starts from the pores being clogged. Then there's inflammation or something that makes it worse. And there's can be bacteria involved in there too. And then it can develop into a little pimple there. And hormones are at play. So I definitely see a lot of women, you know, in their 30s or 40s, and, you know, they'll have breakouts and we tend to see them more around the jaw chin area. Also a lot of things like mask, you know, I think I've, I've done some segments on maskne, just kind of trapping in that humidity and the mask kind of physically rubbing in dirt, oil, bacteria in the skin. So there's a lot of reasons that we may be breaking out now. And then as seasons change, we don't realize that our skin's needs change as well. So if we're working out a lot and now we're, it's getting into the hotter months and there's more sweat and oil kind of building up on our skin and bacteria. We need to be mindful of how we're cleansing our skin. And when you mentioned what are some things that people are doing that they shouldn't be doing. So I think one thing I hear really commonly is I don't moisturize my skin because I have oily skin and you know, yeah. I don't need, I don't need a moisturizer. So back to the skin barrier, I have to go back and educate and say, you know, the dry skin is angry skin. It will be irritated. You'll break out more. So basically even if you have acne, you should be moisturizing your skin. There are many different moisturizers out there. You can find one that's not going to be, you know, oily. It can be more of a gel cream formula, but you really want to make sure your skin is sort of at this good homeostasis. It's kind of balanced, you know, it's happy. That's going to lead you to less breakouts overall. Yeah, that makes sense. I actually have, it's so funny. I have a oil, it's a hormonal acne oil which you would think are like, it's an oxymoron, it's like acne and oil, but it 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 really helps me. She's like, uh, what is that? <laughs> like, mm, what are you talking about? I don't know, my facialist gave it to me, but it works. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it might just be if your skin is more hydrated and has more moisturizers on it and more well-balanced, it's probably gonna be less likely to be irritated and prone to breakouts. And a lot of what we use for acne topically tends to dry out your skin. So even more so, you need to make sure you're well moisturized. I always would get breakouts and I always used like topical things like that. And I have very dry skin. And so I did read somewhere, it said just like stop doing the topical acne stuff. And so I did, I just made it super basic, cleaning a serum and moisturizing and it pretty much all went away. And I think I was just overdoing it. Yeah, we can, I definitely see a lot of people over cleansing. You know, we have these like a zillion step routine now. I think it's, we're trying to bring things back to be more simplistic as who can, who has time for that and who can really remember all those different steps. And it's kind of overwhelming, you know, for many people. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times you might be overdoing it. You may be using the same actives multiple times in your routine without even realizing. Mm-hmm. So that's a really common mistake I'll see where someone's using a really an acne targeted cleanser. And then they're also using a topical that has, you know, an acne yeah. ingredient in it. And then maybe also using an exfoliating agent on top in their, in their night cream and not, not realizing it. Some people can tolerate that, but some will definitely have irritation. Yeah. yeah. 
if you have questions, then just go to your dermatologist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very complicated. I feel like there's, we love talking about this all, you know, so I always encourage patients to come in and a lot of times they're surprised. They're like, oh, I, I don't want to overwhelm or I don't want to take up your time about your skincare. And I'm like, no, I, this is like the basis of your skin health. So I really appreciate when patients bring in their bag of, this is what I use at home. Oh, I never thought to do that. That's so smart smart. to bring it in and be like, this is what I'm using. Yeah. Tell me what's, you know, working and what's not working. And sometimes it's funny because I can, I have patients bring in their topicals and I'll be like, hmm, how much have you really been using this medicine? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you're like, this tube is full. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so one thing that we're kind of starting to, to notice as, you know, we're 28, I'm starting to notice little, little wrinkles, little, you know, little tiny bits of aging and something kind of taboo, but Botox, when is the time to start if you wanted to, or what, what is the time you would even consider it and for what reasons? Yes. So this is tricky because, and I, I, I really, I think that more people are being much more comfortable talking about getting cosmetic treatments now, which is great. You know, I think that um, there's a lot less taboo, like taboo over it. I think it really depends on your genetics. You know, we start losing collagen at a rate of 1% per year, starting in our twenties. I know it's a scary statistic, but you know, we just, you're, you'll notice your skin quality start to change over time. And you might start notice, noticing these changes more into your thirties or forties. So there's a lot we can do in terms of prevention and preventing some of these lines from forming, preventing them from worsening. So my go-to, because I do get asked a lot in clinic, is it time for me to start, you know? And really, if they have, if they're really expressive and they're creating a lot of wrinkles on their forehead, maybe a good time, you know, because you will likely with those repeated expressive movements start to form lines. Mm-hmm. You can also look at one of your parents and see how you, you know, everyone tends to age like one of their parents and you can say, oh, you know, they have lines here. I'll probably get those eventually. You know, maybe I should start minimizing those movements. And there's a way to do Botox where you still have movement, but it's just lessening them so that you are allowing your, your skin to not continuously fold in on itself and create those lines. Because once those lines are there, you know, it's really difficult to erase them you can soften them. And I tell patients, because sometimes they come, okay, I'm ready now for Botox. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well, this is what we can do. We can soften those lines. We won't be able to get rid of them. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes you can soften them. I'll combine different treatments. I'll use the Botox to prevent those lines from getting worse and soften them. And then we might need to use lasers to now resurface the skin and help stimulate more collagen production there so that you know those lines can be further softened. Yeah. So it's really about like understanding your genetics, understanding what you want and where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like if you are already starting to have resting lines, I would definitely start thinking about Botox. I mean, some people are like, I I don't want that at all. I just want to age naturally. And I, I respect that. You know, I say, there's a process that's happening. We're losing collagen. We're losing bone. Bone resorbs over time. Fat pads move in the face. There's ways to counteract that. So we can still age gracefully and age naturally, but we can replace what's being lost. So I think people feel better when they think about replacement. Um, yeah, that's a good way than, to think of it. Yeah. Or slowing down the process is, is an easier way for people to feel more comfortable with it. And then there are a lot of other procedures that we do that don't require injectables per se that rely on your own body's wound healing process, like microneedling or lasers. So sometimes I definitely have patients who trend towards more towards those procedures. 
Yeah, I feel like laser uh, facials are like becoming more popular yeah. now, trendy now, especially in LA. You know, in LA, there's just like Morpheus trying eight. to do everything yeah. um, at all times. Before we let you go, we want to talk about products um, with you. And we, we touched about on in a little bit, but I'm curious like which products you feel like are worth splurging on because they can be really expensive sometimes. And which ones you're like, hey, you can get this at the drugstore and Save. it works just as good. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. So in terms of what you should splurge on, I would say your serums, because that's going to be where you have most of your actives. Um, they're going to be your antioxidants, like your vitamin C. They're going to be your peptides. And then in terms of where you don't need to splurge, cleansers, moisturizers, your retinoids, you can really get all of them at the local drugstore. We have such a wide selection now. I mean, so many of my favorite products you can easily pick up at the drugstore. I even did a post on kind of like last minute gift giving around the holidays. And people were surprised at how much you can just actually like even throw into a bag for like kids, teachers for the holidays. Yeah. And there's such great brands that are available. So for example, like if I'm giving a basic routine, you're going to cleanse your face morning and night, right? So in your morning routine, use a gentle cleanser. I really like Cetaphil's daily facial cleanser. If you want a foaming one, they have a great foaming one. I don't really like physical exfoliants. So those are like ones with the, the beads, like beads in them. In Although them, yeah. some people, I feel like men tend to really like that. They're like, they feel like they're, you know, getting a layer off. So if you must, you know, Cetaphil has a really nice, really gentle scrub that has a low concentration of these really fine bamboo granules. So they're really, really small. And I find that that's, you know, they formulate that specifically for sensitive skin. So that's like this one that I like. And then in the evening, I would definitely use a cleanser with maybe more actives in it. So like Vichy has one that has salicylic acid. I really love that cleanser. Glytone has great cleansers that have glycolic acids. And these are things that are going to brighten your skin and exfoliate because we get a lot of buildup on the skin. Yeah. And these things help treat those dark spots and just brighten your skin overall and improve your complexion, which everyone wants. And then in the morning, um, so vitamin C is really hard one to formulate because it's really unstable and that's definitely one where I would splurge. So I'm sure you've heard of the ones by SkinCeuticals. Yeah, that's like the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the one that smells funky, yeah. you know, but it works and patients are like, I live through it. You know, I, I they get used to it. Yeah. There's many different ones out there now too, but that's sort of where I would splurge because antioxidants are really important. They help brighten your skin. They help protect against free radical damage. And what that means is when the UV rays are, or pollution is kind of hitting your skin, you're kind of causing these free radicals and that can damage collagen. So you're kind of slowing down that collagen degradation process and peptides. I love my peptides. I think those are tricky because those are really hard to formulate and they do a lot of things from stimulating your skin to make more collagen and elastin, firming up your skin, helping with pigmentation. So peptides are definitely a place where I would want to splurge as well. Ooh, I don't have a peptide. I know. I was like, peptides. <laughs> Wait, that's not in my routine yet. I want to, I, I want to research that more. Yeah, there's definitely great peptide products out there. You want to make sure that they have enough because sometimes there's a sprinkling of peptides in there and I feel like they make claims, you know, and yeah. um, so that's definitely one where I like brands that will do some clinicals and test them on patients and just kind of make sure they're using the right amount of their set ingredients to actually demonstrate that results that they're 
showcasing. Yeah. yeah Do your marketing. research, guys, before you get your products. Well, Dr. Libby, I don't want to take any more of your time. You are a working mom. I know you have three kids. Is that what you said? Three. You're like oh three. Yep. <laughs> three kids. Um, and you said you had surgeries today. So we just want to thank you so much for your time. This is such an important episode, especially with summer coming up. And we want to make sure our listeners have healthy skin and are seeing their dermatologists when they need to. So thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really, I had a lot of fun on this and you guys both have beautiful skin. So I think you guys are doing something right. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we you. needed that. We needed that. Thank <laughs> you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. That was so informative. I learned so much. I feel like, I mean, that's what we were saying. She was an expert. She is an expert. What are peptides? I have oh my to, God. <laughs> when she was like peptides and I'm like. That was the only thing I didn't have I'm, my skincare routine. I, I know. Said, I'm like, what are peptides? I need to go. I guess I need to book a an appointment with our dermatologist. Yeah. And say, hey, what are the Get peptides? Get me on the peptide train. <laughs> Get me with those peps. Well, you guys, we're going to have linked in our show notes all the ways that you can connect with Dr. Tiffany Libby, her Instagram, and a link to everything that she's doing. And we hope that you guys learn more about your skincare needs, about how a dermatologist can guide you in the right direction. And of course, why sunscreen is the holy grail of skincare. And it's not because you're afraid of the sun. Yeah, no, that's absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. insane. You get skin cancer because you're afraid of the sun. And because you... um. Your what was it? Said? You eat oils. The oils in, in your, your bloodstream. <laughs> oh Lord! Woo! Yeah, I wouldn't want to see her and Dr. Libby in a oh, room Oh my God! Could you imagine? Okay, now let's go back to the wine that we're drinking and rate it to our what tea of the week? What's yeah. the wine? Okay, it's a 2018. It's Bastide Miraflor. Flor. Miraflor. I can't pronounce it very well. It is a Syrah Grenache blendy blend from France. Ooh. We love it. We love it. And uh, do you want to introduce our hottie? Yeah, our hottie of the week is my film mother. Yes. She has played my dad's wife in multiple films. Wait, didn't she also play your mom? Wasn't she in? Oh, no, she wasn't. She wasn't in Good Time. She was a producer on Good Time. Okay, that's what it was. But we love her. We know her. We love her. It's Miss Carrie Washington. And we're choosing her not because she's my film mother, but because she is an ambassador for Neutrogena. I feel like she does all those ads. Those ads where they would splash their face. I was like, that's still my dream. I know. I will know I made it if I'm splashing water on my face in slow motion. The splashing? Oh, that Uh was, I have distinct memories of watching that. And then also just like, it was that commercial and then wanting to be on the cover of 17. Yeah. Those Mm -hmm. are just the two things that... those are the dreams. The pinnacle. Yeah. The pinnacle. Um, okay, so one to Carrie Washington. What are we rating this wine? I mean, I like it. I really like it. Hold on. Do another little sippy. It tasted really good with my cookie. Ooh, I'll take a bite of my cookie. Take a cookie. bite of your cookie and then reevaluate how they work together because there's something about the combo I don't hate. The cookie fucks. Yeah, that cookie wine combo is really the thing. This is so weird. Okay, I'm going to take a sip of it. I love it. <laughs> it fucks. It's, it's honestly good. It, right? It kind of like works together. I think it's like maybe the chocolatey like, hey, we got to rate this thing. One to carry Washington. What are we feeling? Okay. With cookie, I'm going to give it like a carry. With a cookie, it's a carry by itself. By itself, I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. So it's a nine. Yeah. Unless you guys have a cookie, then it's a 10. A chocolate chip cookie. A chocolate chip cookie. I think the chocolate's important. Mm -hmm. Then it's a carry out of carry. Then it's a carry. Yeah. I love it. 
All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game, and this week we're playing 200 Questions. It's a fan favorite. They love it. They love it. They, they want it. it, and here it is. Um, and no, we're not answering 200 Questions. We are picking question one through 200, and they get progressively more spicy. Yeah. Spicy, intimate. I don't intense. know. We'll see. Natalie, one, two, 200. What's your flavor? So, you know what? I usually go for more of a higher-end one, but we really haven't done the beginning one. So, I'm going to go with an, a good old three. <gasps> Just out of curiosity. Oh, my God. Okay. Is it stupid? <laughs> kind of. Is it last time you climbed a tree? In the same vein. Oh, okay. How often do you play sports? <laughs> zero, zero times? Z- zero often. Zero <laughs> often? I, what is, I mean, I go to Pilates like every day, but I don't think that's a sport. Um, do you want to, would you like, I think I'll do a redo on that. Let's do a redo. Yeah, okay. okay. Let's do 47. 47. Here we go. Scrolling. I hope it's not one we've already done because you know, we always pick the same number somehow. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to read the question and then the full question. Okay. Who has impressed you most with what they've accomplished? We all have people we look up to. Finding out who they look up to, you, will let you know what they consider to be important work, and it makes for an excellent conversation starter. Who has impressed you most with what they've accomplished? I think I got this question once, but you haven't gotten it yet. And is it somebody I know or just – that's really hard. Okay, so I think I'm going to say Kenny, my brother. And it's not like he's, you know – this big executive or anything but like he's just overcome a lot Mm -hmm. and like I'm seeing him now like his career is really like working for him and he's like excited about it and it's just a really I love I love seeing him and how he's doing right now and blossom it's always great when you see your loved ones blossom yeah so I'm gonna say Kenny I love that yeah go Kenny go Kenny did I mention that Kenny's my brother? I don't you know did, if I did. You okay, did. Okay. <laughs> People are like, who? Okay. And then you are going to pick a number. I'm going to go with a crazy one, 168. Ooh. That's a good question. That's a number that would never get chosen. There's no chosen. way. There's no way. Okay, one, 168. I went too far. I went to the 80s. Okay. This is an interesting question. Oh, no. What lifestyle change have you been meaning to make for a while now? Oh, I love this question. That's a good one. Love it. Okay. Well, there's one I want to go back to. I used to wake up first thing in the morning and meditate. I do not do that anymore. It's easy I, to fall out of it. Yeah. So I fall. You get busy. Yeah. I've fallen out of that habit. And it just, I can really feel that, like, the effects of that on my day to day life. So I would really love to go back to that. And waking up first thing and sitting down and meditating for at least 10 minutes. And then also within that same vein, journaling. Yeah. I used to be, I'd wake up, I'd meditate 10 minutes. And then right before I went to bed, I would journal my day. Why am I not doing this? I would journal first thing in the morning and I haven't probably all year. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then it gets intimidating in your head. You're like, well, I haven't journaled for for this year. I'll just try next year. And then it's like, what am I even going to journal about? You know what I mean? (laughs) It's too much. So, yeah, I would say those are the things I really would like to bring back into my life and reincorporate. Yeah, that's a great question. And I love the answer. All right, you guys. Well, again, like we said at the top of the episode, if you love this episode, feel free to rate and review the podcast. It really helps us grow. And if you want more of what you just listened to, we have other episodes like 
main attraction, how to create a hair routine that actually works. You can go back and listen to that. Mm -hmm. Or if you are trying to build out your routine like me, we have an episode called Morning Routines, How the Most Successful People Start Their Day. You can go back and listen to that one as well. That one's a big one. Yeah. That one's like one of our most listened to. Yeah, that's like one of our most listened to episodes. Listen to episodes. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. And like always, we'll be back next week with another episode. Love you guys. Love you. 